But then, that's one way of understanding. We had one of those in Pakistan, he explained it in a more beautiful way. Hak baat, hak niyat, hak andalsikan. That you must speak the truth, but you must have a true intention also in speaking the truth. And the manner in which you speak that truth must also be true. So not just the words themselves are true. The tone is true, the intention is true. Allah Akbar that means to speak the truth. And Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in hadith that a mu'min can never be a liar. Now what does that mean? A mu'min can never be a liar that lying is so against their iman. Lying is so contrary to iman that the true, real believer can never be a liar. Can never be a liar. Now right here, this is the first definition of sadiq. But right here we are falling from this definition. We lie, we take lying lightly, we tell small lie, white lie, fib, then when we lie, we cover up that lie, we start with a little exaggeration, embellishment that ends up being a lie, then we tell more lies to cover up those lies, we tell more lies to conceal those lies, then we're worried if somebody catches us, somebody finds out about us, then again we tell more lies. Always remember this, that there is nothing that can ever be gained by lying. Every lie will result in destruction. There can be no gain, no success. Even if outwardly apparently you lie for some worldly reason, for some worldly objective, Allah Ta'ala may give you that objective. He may place that goal in your lap, but you will have no barakah in that. Allah Ta'ala will strip the barakah in it. Allah Ta'ala will strip the barakah in it. Like Allah Ta'ala said in Surah Bakr about there's another lie called interest that a person lies to themselves and says, no, I need it or I had to do it, so they take it. Allah Ta'ala says, Yam Hakul Riba. Allah Ta'ala says, I to explain this in a beautiful way that there are three words in Arabic, Sadiq, Suduq, and Siddiq. Sadiq, Suduq, and Siddiq. Sadiq is the one who is true in his aqwal, that his speech is true. Siddiq is the one who is true in his a'mal, that his actions are true. And Siddiq is the one who is true in his ahwal, his feelings are true. Not only does he speak truly, not only does he act truly, but his feelings are true. He cannot have an untrue feeling towards someone. He can't have envy for someone. He can't have jealousy for someone. He can't have enmity for someone. He can't have negative thinking about someone. His feelings are true. He can't have unlawful romantic attraction for Ghamaram. His feelings are true. He's Siddiq. So now you see when Nabi Kareem sallallahu made all Sahaba Ikram Siddiqun, Siddiqin, he made their hearts true. We use the Kihim, he made their hearts the truest of hearts in the history of humanity, that they had the true feelings. So this is the true Sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is called Ummah. The real Ummati is the one who is true in speech and true in action indeed and is true in their heart. Oh, now that requires training. That requires training. The name of that training is Tazkiyah. Tazkiyah is not just to do a few Tazbih, this zikr, that zikr, that's training. That's a method. The form of remembrance is to get the reality of remembrance. The hakikat of remembrance is to become Siddiq. Now, me and you, we are very far from this. But there is no harm in dreaming. Hmm? Like people, they dream in the dunya. Sometimes they say, oh, I imagine what it would be like to have this. And I imagine what it would be like to have that. Hmm? 
So why don't you dream a little in your day? Na? Why don't you aspire to become one of the Siddhiku? Hmm? No one can ever say that or feel that about themselves. But it's a dream that Allah Ta'ala on the Day of Judgment, it is revealed that I was one of the Siddhiku. I want to be so true, deeply true, purely true, true, exclusively true. Nobody can be from Nabeen. Next only chance we have, greatest opportunity we have in Deen, is to become a Siddiq. Is to become a Siddiq. So Allah SWT said this in Quran, مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَجَالٌ صَدَقُوا مَا آهُدُ That from the people, there are some people who will be true in the covenant they made with Allah SWT. آهُدُ اللَّهِ That they pledged to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala asked them that, Am I not your Rabb? And they pledged, Yes, Allah Ta'ala, you are our Rabb. So there will be some people who will be true to that. They will truly live their life. This is one meaning of this verse. That they will truly live their life like that. That Allah Ta'ala is their master. Allah Ta'ala is their caretaker. Allah Ta'ala is their Rabb. And they are his Abd. They are his servant and slave. Hmm? So this is what it means to become a sadiq. And Allah SWT loves the Siddiqeen so much. Allah SWT loves the Siddiqeen so much. But it begins with speaking truly. It begins with speaking truly. Nabi Kareem Wasallam said that if you guarantee three things to me, I will guarantee you Jannah. What were those three things? When you speak, you speak truly. When you promise, you fulfill your promise. When you promise someone something, you fulfill that promise. And third, when a trust is placed upon you, that you fulfill that trust. Now trust doesn't just mean that somebody loans you something or lends you something or gives you something for safekeeping. Trust. You did nikah, your wife put herself in your trust. You fulfilled that trust that she had in you. In fact, she had, if it was properly Islamic nikah, she had blind trust in you. Did you fulfill that trust? Were you honorable to that trust? Were you true to that trust that she and her parents placed in you? Allah Akbar Kabira. So Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that if you guarantee these three things, when you speak, you speak truly. When you promise, you fulfill it. And when the trust is placed upon you, you fulfill that. Then Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, I will guarantee you Jannah. Allah Akbar Kabira, guarantee you Jannah. So this truthfulness, this being true, this, this is the real core of taqwa. Taqwa means to be true with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To be true in your relationship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whenever we sin, we are untrue. Whenever we lie, we are untrue. Whenever we betray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in any teaching, Allah ta'ala said, lower the gaze, we don't, we're untrue. Allah ta'ala said, swallow your anger, we don't, we're untrue. Allah subhanahu wa said, wake up for fajr, salat, salatu, min al we don't do it, we're untrue. Any and every time we have a lapse in taqwa, actually we are being untrue to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then some ulama, they define this word falah, falah. Arifin defines the word falah. Like you hear in Azan, hayyalun falah, hayyalun falah. So linguistically falah means success. It means that success after which there's no failure, that joy after which there's no sorrow, that happiness after which there's no grief. How can a person get this falah? They said, number one, sidq. Four qualities equal falah. Number one is sidq, they are true. Number two is haya, that they have modesty, chastity. 
Number third, number third is husn, husn, khuluq, that they have beautiful character. They're noble and beautiful in their character. And the fourth is shukr. Shukr means they are grateful and thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person has these four things, that is called sidq. Imam al-Mazari, he mentions some levels of sidq in his ayyad al-Muddin, levels of truth. So the first was like we already said, the truth of the tongue. First level of truth is to be true in our tongue. Hmm? Most of us have failed that test. Even people lie unconsciously. They say, I lied, realize I was lying. That means that person is an obsessive liar. That person is a habitual liar. That person is addicted to lying. But then there's an even more twisted form of lying. The lying a person does to cheat others. The lying a person does to betray others. Hmm? But there's no way you can cheat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no way you can deceive Allah ta'ala. There's no way you can delude Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what Allah says in the Quran. Then the Day of Judgment, their mouths will be sealed. Hmm? Allah will seal their mouths. Why? Because this person is such an obsessive liar that even on that day they would have dared to lie to Allah. Even on that day they would have dared to offer their lying excuses to Allah. But now this is another world. Allah let them do that in dunya. But this is Yom al Qiyamah. Allah will seal their mouth shut. Then Allah Ta'ala will make their limbs and organs speak and testify against them. Allah Ta'ala will order their limbs and organs to speak the truth. Allah Ta'ala will order the pieces of earth and land upon which they sit to speak the truth. Allah Akbar Kabira. Can you imagine what type of a liar that is? That Allah Ta'ala is going to seal his mouth shut. Allah Akbar Kabira. So the first level of truth is truth of speech. Second is to have truth in niyyah. Truth, siddiq, and ikhlas in our niyyah. Niyyah means our intention. Hmm? So you will see this, it comes in hadith, that the very first persons who will go to Jannah, who were they? They were true in speech, yes. They were true in action, yes. But they were true in their niyyah. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu said that Allah will call a person, he's alim qari, he was a person who knew about deen, so I will ask him, then what did you bring? He will say, Allah, I got this knowledge and I spread this knowledge for your sake. Allah says, yes, you did earn the knowledge. And you did spread it for my sake. But you also, also, you don't have ikhlas in your niyyah. You also did it so you would have fame, people would praise you. And so it was said and people praised you. Allah will order the angels, flip this person, drag him and toss him head first into Jannah. So what was this person? Was he true in speech? Yes. Was he true in action? Yes. But he wasn't true in niya. He wasn't true. 100% true. Was he 90% true? Yes. Was he 99% true? Yes. He was not 100% true in his intention. Allah says, first he will go to Jahannam. First he will burn for being untrue in his intention. Then we will look at his salah, fasting, zakat, and maybe send him to Jahannam. And second person like that, he was sakhi, he was generous. Allah asked him, says, I earned a lot of money and I spent a lot of money for thee. Allah said, yes, you did. Even Allah, Allah, did the that you are true in what you're saying. You did that. 
And you threw an action, you did do that charity. However, you didn't have the true intention. You did it so that somebody would call you generous, فَقَدْكِيرُ And so it was said, you were praised, you were known as a generous person. But the same thing, Allah will order the angels, flip that person, drag him and cast him head first into Jannah. Did not have truth in their intention. Third person, Shaheed. Allah for Shaheed. Shaheed be Sabilullah. I thought, ask him, what did you do? He would speak truly. He said, Ya Allah, I gave Shahada for you. The action was true. He gave Shahada. But Allah said, but your intention wasn't true. You also, not even only, you also did it. So that people would remember you later in life that he was a martyr. Fakadkeel. And thus it was said, people remembered you like that. Allah will tell the angels, flip this person, drag him and cast him as person judges. And in the Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa these are the first three people who will go to Jahannam on that day. Spoke truly, yes. Their actions were true, yes. But the intention wasn't true. The intention wasn't true. Allah Akbar Now we need to learn the sift. Now when you get the idea of how tough the examination is. Like you have a student and you release a sample paper. And maybe the student was relaxed. Then he sees the sample paper. Allah Akbar. And you see the sample test questions. Then you realize, oh, I'm not prepared. Oh, this is the question. This is the sample paper. This hadith is telling you the sample paper on the day of judgment. This is the type of questions Allah Ta'ala is going to ask of the alim, the shaheed, the person who is generous and donated for the cause of Allah. Do you think you're prepared for that test? I mean, you are not prepared. We have a lot of preparation left to do. A lot of preparation becomes Sadiq, Siddiq, left to do before we can stand in front of Allah Ta'ala on that day. In the third level, Imam Ghazali, Allah Ta'ala gave, it's called being true in Azam. Azam is slightly different than Niyyah. Azam means you make a resolve and you follow up and follow through with it. So the example Imam Ghazali, Allah Ta'ala gives is Sayyidina Umar, Allah Ta'ala was approached. Sayyidina Umar was approached and he said that I will never, ever, ever be the Amir, the leader of that qawm which has seen Abu Bakr al-Siddiq in it. He had so much love for Sayyidina Siddiq. Sayyidina Abu Bakr al-Siddiq said, as long as he is alive, I can never think of leading that community. And that was an azam he made. He made a resolve. And he followed up with that. He followed through with it. True in their results. So he was true in speech, yes. His intention was true, yes. And he had complete follow-up and follow-through. Allah Akbar Kabir. Azm, azm irada. So true in their resolve. Then the next level Imam Ghazali mentions is that a person should be true in private. Sirzam. When they're secret and private and alone, they're as true as in their public life. They have as much taqwa privately as they have publicly. This is a very difficult thing to do. Allah Akbar a very difficult thing to do. To pray with so much concentration when you're in the masjid and people are around. And to pray with that same amount of concentration when you're alone in your room and nobody's around to look at you. To be as good in character at home with your wife as good character you like to be with your colleague and client and customer. Hmm? SubhanAllah. Once I had experience 
man was driving me. Yes, not so easy to drive me. Huh? One man was driving, and during that course he had two phone calls. One was wine, and one was client. And the tone, Allah Akbar, the tone was so different. Now what you should have thought, what you should think, that the tone of life would have been so sweet, and the tone of the client was professional. No, no, no. The tone of the wife was professional, and the tone of the client was sweet. Hmm? Hmm? We observe. Hmm? I didn't say anything to him. I didn't say anything to him. I just observed. Hmm? Not true. <laughs> Not true. Hmm? One thing rare, others to think you're so sweet, polite, and nice. And you can't be sweet and polite and nice to your own wife and children. It's not an exception, this has become the norm in people today. Hmm? So smiley, happy, sweet to the secretary and nurse and customer and client. And so tough and harsh with your own wife. Hmm? The woman who Allah Ta'ala placed in your home. The woman who Allah Ta'ala placed in your home. Oh, Akbar Kabira. Ajeeb. Ajeeb. Hmm? This is another level of sidq. There's another level of sidq. They truly are what they are. There was one wali of Allah Ta'ala, somebody asked him, what is ikhlas? He said, ikhlas is if everything you do and think and feel was all to be placed on a platter and presented in front of people and you would have nothing to be ashamed of. That's ikhlas. How many of us could fit that definition of truth? Hmm? How many of us could fit that definition of truth? So this is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends his special love on such people who become the Siddiqeen. Then in the long ayat Quran, this is known as Ayatul Bir, famous ayat in Surah Baqarah, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ends this ayah by mentioning that who that these people are, the people of Siddiq. Laysan bilu an tawallu wajuhukum kibl al-mashriki wal-maghrib. So Allah ta'ala is saying that piety, virtuous piety isn't just lying in this that you face the Qibla, whether that Qibla is in Mashriq or that Qibla is Maghrib. So now you can understand it in this way, that just merely praying Salah is not completing the task. And we know that today, that there's so many people who pray Salah, but along with their Salah they do so many sins. Hmm? Just earlier today our friend was asking me, that one person was saying that when I go on the path of Dawah, and I try to invite people to the Masjid, so they say, then why should I come to the Masjid? You know, the people who pray, I've observed them, they do so many wrong things. Why should I pray? When they pray, they still do wrong things. Allah Akbar. That you should tell that person that that's why I need you to come and pray. I agree with you. So we need to create a new class of people that they pray and they don't do wrong things. So that's why I came to the Dawah on you because I know you don't do wrong things. And if I can get you to pray also, then we will get that type of true believer who prays and doesn't do wrong things. That's so strange. Of course that's incorrect thinking. He should pray anyway. But can you imagine it's reached that level? This is what he feels. He's saying the people of Salah don't have Siddiq. That's what he's saying. The people of Salah, they don't have Siddiq. So what is Birdh? First thing is that the person must truly believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with yawm al-akhiri and the person should believe in the last day, life after death, resurrection with malaikati and all of the angels with kitabi, Qur'an al-kareem and nabiyyina and each and every one of the prophets and messengers. 
and they should give from their wealth out of the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They should give from their wealth out of the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dawla kulba to their relatives, wa yatama to the orphans, wal masakina to those who are very poor, wal to those who are travelers in the past, wa sa'ilina, and even those who simply ask them for help. Even those who simply ask them for help with the Jakub and those who were in the that's in the earlier times, those who were in the yoke of slavery. Next is that they regularly establish their prayer. that they regularly pay their zakat. When they are always true to their promise and covenant and contracts and deals and arrangements and agreements, whenever they enter into any such arrangement and agreement, explicit, implicit with anyone. That's how true they are. Even they know that I'm saying something, the other person understands something else. That whatever is understood, I will also be true to that. That's how true they are. And they have suffered, they remain happy and pleased with Allah Ta'ala in any type of difficulty and any type of straitened circumstances. وَهِنَا بَأْسِي In any type of difficulty or want or need or hunger أُولَاكَ الَّذِينَ صَدَقُوا These are the people who have sit أُولَاكَ هُمَ الْمُتَّقُونَ And these are the people who have taqwa That's a long list of things It's a very long list of Just one ayah In one ayah Allah has given us a lot of work In one ayah Allah has given us a lot of hidayah In this one ayah Allah has called us To a lot of different things and here we saw in the end of the ayah, Siddh equals taqwa. Siddh equals taqwa. Until a person has Siddh, they will not have that taqwa. Siddh hmm? means three types of truth. First is to be true with oneself. Second is to be true with others. Third is to be true with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you have all three, you will have Siddh. What does it mean to be true with oneself? To be true with oneself means to protect yourself from its nafs. That's to be true with yourself. To protect yourself from falling into the unlawful desires and passions of nafs. And if you let yourself, you give in to lust, if you give in to greed, if you give in to anger, you're being untrue with yourself. <laughs> you're hurting your own self. You're letting yourself go. You let yourself feel that feeling of desire and attraction. You're being untrue to yourself. First and foremost, you're being untrue to yourself. True person is that I don't let my nafs harm me at all. Like people say in secular ethics, that a good person is the one who doesn't harm anyone else. A good person is the one who does not harm anyone else. The good believer is the one who doesn't let his own nafs harm him and then doesn't let his nafs harm anyone else. We have to add to the definition. It's not just enough that I don't let my nafs harm other people. You also must make sure you don't let your nafs harm yourself. Some people, they talk like that. Hmm? Those of our friends in Urdu make you take a nuksaam to nikarta. Aap apna nuksaam if you say that I don't harm anyone, so you're also someone. You're also someone. You're not maybe not harming any other one, but you are harming your own self by following these passions and lusts and desires. Hmm? Begin with yourself. To be true to your own self. 
This is also something our Messiah teaches in Tazkiyah. Otherwise, you may find people, they might be true to others. They're not true to their own selves. They sin when they're alone. They sin secretly. They sin at night. Hmm? They're untrue to themselves. Untrue to their own Imam. Untrue to their own relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is one aspect of sit, to learn to be true to oneself. Second aspect to be, is to be true to others. True to others. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran al-Kareem, Wail, wail al Wail to the people of tatfif. What does tatfif mean? That a person doesn't measure out their due. Doesn't fulfill fully what they should for another person. Ulama of Tafsir, they wrote, At-Tadfifu fi kulli shay, that you can undercut someone, you can shortchange someone in every single thing, in every relationship, everyone. Employer, employee relationship, client, business relationship, business, customer relationship, husband, wife relationship, parent, child relationship, neighbor, neighbor relationship, fellow, Muslim relationship, every relationship. You have a choice. Either you completely, truly fulfill at the level of virtue, nobility, excellence, or you shortchange that person. You end up giving them less than their due. Hmm? You're untrue with others. Always remember that that person who cannot be true with themselves, that person who cannot be true with others, there's no way they can be true with Allah Taala. They will be untrue with Allah Taala. So it's not possible. It's not possible that a person is untrue to others and true with Allah Ta'ala. It's not possible. That's the highest level of sit. Highest level of sit is to be true with Allah Ta'ala. True with Allah Ta'ala. So there's one story of one Sahabi. One great Sahabi, his name is Sayyidina Qabi ibn Malik And in Imam Bukhari ibn Ta'ala in his Sahih, he's narrated this long story with Sayyidina Qabi ibn Malik himself. Narrates. His son Sayyidina Abdullah bin Iqab narrates from his father Sayyidina Kaaba bin Malik this incident. So this is a beautiful incident for you to understand what it means to be true. Because sometimes Allah Ta'ala will test us. How true are you going to be? Are you willing? Because sometimes in the beginning, outwardly apparently, the consequences of truth seem to be bad. Sometimes being true, it appears to be bad. I'll give you an example. If a person is ever guilty of something, if you are guilty of sin, you must truly admit it in front of Allah SWT. You must truly admit it, and some people live in denial. If you are guilty of sin in this world, and somebody happened to catch you and bring you to court, Deen teaches you, you must plead guilty. Deen does not teach you that you hire a lawyer and try to get out of it. If you truly did that wrong, the teaching of deen is that you plead guilty and confess to that wrong. Most people, they don't do this. Most people say, oh no, I made toba. okay fine, you made toba. then you hire the lawyer and lie so you get out of the court punishment. No, no, no. You made toba. that's for Allah Ta'ala to forgive you. This was a matter of the world, this was hukuk al-ibad. You must accept and pledge your guilt. It's very difficult to do. This is another level of truth. To accept and admit your guilt. Very difficult to do because you get scared. If I admit I'm guilty, I might get punished. There may be something that will happen to me. So this is the story of a sahabi. Sayyidina Kaaba ibn Malik Vajantan. So here it's a very long hadith. I'm going to summarize it roughly 
the meaning and the story for you. So he mentioned this was this Ghazwa means battle, battle of Tabuk. So what happened was that Sayyidina Rasulullah normally in the vehicle of practice was that when he was going to go forth on an expedition, he would not clearly mention it because they were munafiqeen in Medina Manawara, they were hypocrites and he knew that any one of the hypocrites can be informing the enemy at any moment. However, in this particular case, in Ghazwai Tabuk, was a slight, you can say, exception that Nabi Karim Sassam openly announced, openly announced that to Sahaba Ikram that you must prepare, you must get ready, and we are going to go forth for this battle. So here, Sayyidina Kaab ibn Malik narrates about himself that this was a time when the fruits had ripened and the shade looked pleasant. Allah Akbar. This was a time when the fruits had ripened and the shade looked pleasant. So this was a farmer person, so he wanted to harvest all the fruits. This was a time when the shade looked pleasant. So it says that Nabi Karim Sassam and the Sahaba prepared, and I went out in order to also prepare myself with them, but then I would return without doing anything. And I would say to myself, quote unquote, I can do that anytime. Allah Akbar. I would say to myself, quote, I can prepare anytime I want, I can prepare and join them. Said I kept on delaying it every now and then until the Sahaba come were ready and Nabi Karim Sassam and the Sahaba along with him they departed. And still I had not prepared for my departure. And still I'm not prepared for departure. Then I consoled myself and said, okay, I'll prepare myself tomorrow. Then one day passed, then two days passed, and then I kept thinking I'll prepare for them and then I would join them. But every day, day by day, it went like this. He says, such that the battle concluded, and I got news that Sayyidina Rasulullah and Sahaba are now returning back to Medina Manawar. I missed it. I missed the battle. Hmm? So then he says that when I would be doing this delay, I would go out and do whatever business I had to do, whatever work I was doing, and it would grieve me that I could see none other around me, means there was nobody else left back in Medina Manawara except those who had been accused of nifaq, hypocrisy, and the very elderly and weak. So it would sadden me that this is my condition that I've been left back. Then he says, because one of his friends had told him that Sayyidina Rasulullah did not notice my absence during the whole journey, only when he reached the book and he was sitting amongst his companions, he asked them, that, what about God? What did God decide? So then he mentions that a man from Banu Salama said, that he said about him, that Nabi Karim Sayyidina Kaab has been deluded by his wealth and his, his wealth and his comfort. Means that he's not coming because he's become a slack because of his wealth and comfort. Then Sayyidina Mawadim bin Jabal replied, that, oh no, what a bad thing you have said by Allah. So he swore by Allah Ta'ala coming to defense of his companion. He said, by Allah, Ya Rasulullah we know nothing about him but good. But Nabi Karim Sassam remained silent. Then the Kaabdim Malik says that when I heard that Nabi Karim was on my way, on his way back to Medina Manawara, I started to worry. And I got a lot of concern that what am I going to do? So I started to think of all types of false excuses I could present to the Prophet upon his return so that I could avoid his anger. So that I took the advice of some members of my family in this matter. They also said that you make some, because of the bahana, you make some excuse as to why you weren't able to go. You make some excuse as to why you weren't able to go. But I realized that no, 
I will never be able to succeed by being false to my beloved Nabi Karim but I made a firm resolve in my heart to speak the truth. Carrie says that the next morning Nabi Karim arrived and Sayyidina Rasulullah practiced well and he would come back from the Ghazwa, he would go straight to Masjid Nabi. And he would go to Masjid Nabi and pray two rakat salah and then he would sit and he would meet and greet the people. He came, he entered Masjid Nabi, he prayed to Rakah Salah, and he started meeting and greeting the people. So when he did that, then all of the others who he saw, who were accused of hypocrisy, who had failed to go for the battle of Tabuk, started going to him one by one. And they went to Nabi Karim sallallahu one by one and offered their false excuses, false reasons. And some of them, he said, that they even took oaths upon it. They even swore upon it, false promises upon it. And there were over 80 people who did this. And he was standing there watching. And you can just imagine the scene now, right? Hmm? He was probably shivering, trembling, that he knows he has to go. And he's also made the resolve to say the truth. And he's anticipating what are going to be the consequences of truth. And everyone who he saw in front of him offer a false excuse was probably a temptation that I could say the same thing and get away with it. Because the Nabiqim let them all and they... Each one came, their false innovations said, fine. He accepted all of their faults, one by one by one by one. The Prophet accepted, accepted the excuses that they expressed. And he left the secrets of their hearts for Allah Ta'ala to judge. Allah said, over 80 men. Then he says, and I went up to Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And when I offered salam, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi smiled at me the smile of an angry person. Allah Akbar. He smiled at me, the smile of an angry person. Means you sort of give a firm smile to somebody like that. Allah Akbar. He smiled at me, the smile of it, and he told me, come. So I kept on walking towards him till I sat right in front of him. Then Sayyidina he asked me that, O God, what stopped you from joining us? Had you not purchased an animal, a mount, a steed that could carry you? So I answered, and here comes the truth. I answered, yes. Now, Ya Rasulullah by Allah, if I was sitting before any other person from the people alive on earth, I would present some false excuse in order to avoid their anger. And by Allah, you know that I have been given the ability by Allah Ta'ala to speak fluently and eloquently. But I know by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that if today I tell you a lie and present a false excuse, to escape your anger, then I know Allah Ta'ala will make you angry with me in the future anyway. I know that Allah Ta'ala will make you angry with me in the future anyway. And but if I tell you the truth, I know you will be angry with me when I tell you the truth, but I hope that Allah Ta'ala might forgive me anyway. So the truth is, and he swears by Allah Ta'ala, because he saw the other swearing, so he takes kafsan by Allah Ta'ala and says, Nabiya Karim Sam, there was no excuse. I swear by Allah Ta'ala, there was no excuse, and then I swear by Allah Ta'ala, I had never been stronger or wealthier in my life, except in this time when I chose to remain behind and not join you. So Nabi Karim Sallam, he listened. Then immediately he didn't address God, immediately ignored him. And then he addressed the whole assembly and the people who were sitting, Sabak and I'm witnessing this, and he ignoring him, he looked at him and said, as far as this man, so he referred to him in third person. He didn't say God. He said, as far as this man goes, he has surely spoken the truth. So get up and leave until Allah Ta'ala decides your case. Just get up and go and leave until Allah Ta'ala decides your case. So he says, I got up 
And many of the men of Banu Salama, they followed me and said to me that we've never witnessed you doing anything as foolish as you did today. Surely you should have just offered an excuse. Khair. So first thing that happened is they started to belittle him and be upset with him for speaking the truth. All right. Khair. Then he says they continue blaming me so much, so much. And I actually, he says this, that I actually thought to go back to the Prophet Salam and accuse myself of telling lies. And I said, I was lying when I said that to you. And actually, I did have this, this whatever, this that, the other excuse. Okay, but he didn't do it. Then he said that, then Sayyidina Kaab and Imam, he asked around, said, is there anybody else to which this has happened? So somebody told him, yes, there are two more. There are two more people who didn't go to Sabuq, and they told the truth to the Prophet that there was no excuse. So he says, who were they? Murad ibn Rabi and Hilal ibn Umayyah. But he says that they were elderly and they were pious men and they had even been at Ghazwai Badr. They were old Sahabi. Old Sahabi. So here I thought there was an example for me in that, so I didn't change my mind. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to Nabi Kareem sallallahu that he should forbid all the Muslims to talk to the three of us. So all my Sahaba friends, all the Sahaba Ikram, including Sayyidina Rasulullah did not speak to us. So he says we remained in that condition for 50 nights. 50 nights, 5-0, 50 nights. Nabi Kareem Sassam and Sahaba Ikram did not speak to him at all. He says as regards to those other two Sahaba Ikram, they remained in their homes and they kept weeping day and night in their old age. But me, because I was young, I used to go out and witness the prayers and mingle with the people. So I felt the boycott more because everywhere I went, nobody would respond to my salam. Nobody would talk to me. Then I said, I went to Masjid Nabi and I went to Nabi Akram and I greeted him. And I couldn't tell if he moved my lips, his, his lips in response to my salam or not. Then I tried to offer my salam near to him. Then I would try to look at him. But I couldn't tell if he would look at me. Then I felt that when I was busy with my salah, I felt that maybe he was turning his face towards me, but when I came out of salah and would look at him, he would again be turning away from me. So here he said, when this harsh attitude of the people lasts a long time, then I went to my cousin, Abu Qadab, who is dearest to me of all of those, I mean, after the Prophet dearest person to me from the companions. And then I scaled his wall, I climbed up on the wall, his boundary wall, and then from standing on top of his wall, I offered my salam to him. And by Allah, he did not even return my salam. He did not even return my salam. When Sayyidina Ka'ala says that when he didn't return my salam, I said to him, that, Oh Abu Qadada, my dear beloved cousin, Oh Abu Qadada, I call upon you by Allah. That don't you know that I love Allah and I love his messenger wasallam? Don't you know this about me? That I love Allah Ta'ala and I love Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Again, Abu Qadada remained quiet. Again, I said this sentence. Again, he remained quiet. Then I asked him in the name of Allah and he responded to me that Allah and his Prophet know better about you and he turned it away from me. Then I can't say I know this about you. Allah Ta'ala and his Prophet know better about you. He says, then I couldn't control it and my eyes flowed with tears and I returned back to my place. Then he says, one day I was walking the market in Medina Manawar, and a Christian was visiting, and the Christian was asking, where is Kaab ibn Malik? So then he came to me, and he said that, yes, we have heard that your friend, means Nabi Kareem sallallahu has not treated you well, so we offer you to join us, to bear a letter from the leader of the Christians, and this is what the letter said. 
that I felt this was such a disgrace in my life that these enemies are asking me to join them. So I took that letter and I went home and I burnt it in the fire in my oven. I burnt it in the fire in my oven and now 40 nights of the 50, 40 nights of the 50 had passed. Then, after 40 nights had passed, Sayyidina Rasulullah sent a Sahaba to me. So first time somebody's talking to him and said to me, what? That Nabi Kareem is saying that you can no longer even have marital relations with your mother. Increase the level of boycott. You cannot have relations with your wife. So then Salah asked this that I should divorce her. And he says, no, no, no. You must just keep away from her and separate and not have relations from her. Then he found out that Nabiya Kareem Wasallam sent the same message to the other two Sahaba. So Sayyidina Kaal said, okay, I was young. I didn't need her for help or assistance. So I told her, you go to your parents until this matter is resolved. So he says, I send my wife back to her parents. There, long story, but he says that the wife of Hilab bin Umayyah went to Nabiya Kareem Wasallam. And she asked the Prophet that my husband is an old man, so can I be of khidmat to him? What did you mean that we must stay away from each other? So the Prophet he gave her permission that okay, yes, you can serve him, but you cannot have any relations with him. And she said to him, Ya Rasulullah, ever since 40 days you haven't talked to him, he's never even had any desire for me, so that's not an issue, to not have relations. All 40 days he's just been crying day and night, he's never even shown any desire for me. Sayyidina Hilal ibn Umayyad Also facing the trial of truth. Also facing the trial of truth. Ajeeb, hmm? what that woman revealed about the hal of that sahabi. So khair, so then he says that I remained in that state for 10 more nights. And Allah Ta'ala described this in the Quran al-Karim also. And then on the 50th morning at Fajr Salah, I was sitting on the roof of my house in a condition which Allah Ta'ala described, that the earth was with the Zameen Tangoge, the earth had become constricted for me. I felt I couldn't live on this earth anymore. <coughs> and then I heard the voice of someone who called with the loudest voice out to me that, O oh, Kaab ibn Malik, be happy, receive good tidings. And I fell down and sat before Allah subhanahu ta'ala, realizing what those good tidings were. And then people started coming out to congratulate me. People started bringing things. Then a horseman, he came to me in haste. A man from Bana Aslam came running to me. So then I took that horse and I took that horse and I went to Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Akbar. And the people started greeting me and receiving me in groups, congratulating me on Allah's acceptance of my tawbah. But Kaab says, when I entered the masjid and I saw Nabiya Kareem sitting with the people around him, the Sayyidina Talabah came to me and the Ikhir mentions this. That from all the Mahajirun, Sayyidina Tala was the most loving and loyal to me, and I will never forget him for this. I will never forget Sayyidina Tala from the Mahajirun, from the love that he showed me. And then he says, Finally, I reached Nabi Akrim and I saw that his face was bright with joy and happiness. And he said to me, O oh God, be happy. This is the best day of your life, the best day ever since your mother gave you birth, that Allah Ta'ala sent forgiveness. So then Sayyidina Kalim said that, O oh, Rasulullah, did this forgiveness come from you or did it come from Allah SWT? So Nabiya Kareem said, it came from Allah and I am happy. And then Sayyidina Kalim said that when Nabiya Kareem became happy, his face would shine as it was the moon and we all knew that and became happy as well. So this is a sign of true 
This is a sign of truth. So Mawlana, you recited this verse to you in the beginning. This incident is when Allah Ta'ala revealed this verse. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanattakullaha wa kunu ma'assadiki. And then Sayyidina Ka'ab ibn Malik was so true to Allah Sultan, so true to Nabi Kareem Sallallahu he was willing to accept and admit and acknowledge his guilt so that Allah Ta'ala said verse for all of Alladina Amanu, all the believers, that they should adopt taqwa in the first instance, and the way they can do that is to join their hearts with the Siddiqeen, Sadiqeen, to join their hearts with those who are true to Allah Sultan. So it means the tawbah. Siddiq is the door to tawbah. A lot of people, they don't leave sin because they're untrue. If you can adopt this way of Siddiq, if you can learn from the Siddiqin Sadiqin, being on this path of Siddiq opens up the door to tawbah. Being on this path of Siddiq opens up the door to Allah Ta'ala's rahmah and maghfirah. And that's not so difficult to do. To truly confess your sins to your one and only Allah Subhanahu To truly admit your guilt to one and only Allah Subhanahu To tr- be true to yourself and realize that you need help. You need help in lowering your gaze. You need help in controlling anger. You need help in ridding yourself of envy. You need help in feeling more zikr of Allah Subhanahu You have to be true about these things. There is nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to hide, nothing to conceal. Actually, it's a delusion if we're not true enough to accept it. It's a delusion if we're not true enough to admit it. And if we have this truth in our life, we will get the same barakah of the Sidq, the same barakah of Sidq that Sayyidina Ka'ab ibn Malik had. And the barakah of Sidq is that Allah Ta'ala will forgive that person and Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala will ultimately love that person Allah SWT said in Quran, that what Allah Ta'ala wants to do is He wants to reward the people of truth for their truth. He will reward the truthful ones for their truth. So may Allah Ta'ala take us out of every falsehood, every lie, every deception, every, every delusion, especially when it pertains to deen, especially when it pertains to our relationship with Him, especially when it pertains to our obedience or disobedience of Him. May Allah Ta'ala bring us into the truth of taqwa, the truth of haya, the truth of sunnah, the truth of zikr. If we become true mu'mineen, true mu'mineen, Allah Ta'ala will make us from His mahbubeen, that make tawbah to Allah Ta'ala all together, O believers, so you make it falah, you may be successful in that tawbah. And those of you who want to learn more about this path, you want to be trained in the path of the Siddiqeen, Sadiqeen, you want to learn how to be true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you may make that near that is called Bezal Irada, the Yarabi Kareem, I want to now join my heart with this effort of Siddiq. I want to join the path of the Sadiqeen. I want to connect my heart to Shaykh and Nine of Mashaik. I want to attend the gatherings, practice the teachings, learn the zikr. We've told you before also in this masjid. Our Mashaik teaches the zikr that will bring you on truth. Number one, daily recitation of Qur'an. Every day you must recite Qur'an. It makes you true to Allah Ta'ala, true to the book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Number two, you should make a stick 500 times. Astaghfirullah, 
zambi min kulli zambi wa atubu ilayhi so every day you truly patch up and make up with Allah Ta'ala number 300 times a day do a straight salawat Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallam you are not true ummati unless every day you make salawat how could you fail to remember that Nabi sallallahu alayhi sallam who never failed to remember you Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi sallam not just once a day many times a day not just for any particular group for everyone his entire ummah he used to make for the entire ummah so it's our part of our being true to him that every day we send salawat and zirushis upon him and then be true to Allah by always remembering him always remember Allah Ta'ala in your heart remind your heart about Allah Ta'ala but always be aware of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala and try to sit for a few minutes in zikr al-qalbi that for 5, 10, 15 minutes a day you make near that Ya Allah I want to forget everything in the world and only remember you I want to silently recite your name from my heart I want my heart to recite your name so you won't say anything with your tongue, you will make it that your qalb, your spiritual heart is reciting Allah, Allah, Allah. And this barakah of Allah Ta'ala's name will bring truth to our heart. The barakah of Allah Ta'ala's name will remove and expel all the untruth and falsehood from our heart. Allah Ta'ala said, Grand Tabarakasmurabdik. Full of barakah is the name of your Rabb. The name of our Rabb is Allah. So we make the zikr of ismi jalala, ismi azab, Allah, but we make it from our heart. This is the prescription our Mashaikh gives. So you listen to the talks of Ulama Mashaikh, you get the hidayah teachings of deen, you reorient, rearrange your life according to the teachings of deen. Like tonight we learn we must rearrange our life and become true in speech, true in action, true in intention, true in feeling. And you practice the zikr, inshallah ta'ala, Allah ta'ala will give us istiqamat, Allah ta'ala grant us so make it in your heart that you have a I'm making truth, O Allah. I ask you forgiveness for every lie I ever told, every promise I failed to keep, every person I betrayed, every disloyalty I had. I ask you forgiveness for all the times I was untrue to myself. I gave into my nafs, I indulged in my nafs, I submitted to my nafs. Ya Rabbi, I ask you forgiveness for all the times I was untrue to others. I betrayed them and hurt them, Ya Rabbi. And Ya Allah, I ask you forgiveness for all the times I was untrue to the Sunnah of Nabi Yagreen, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I left his character, I left his teaching, I left his Sunnah. And I ask you forgiveness, Ya Rabbi, for all the times I was untrue to you. I failed to obey you. I betrayed your command. I broke your rule. Let him be clean my October from all of these untruths. And I make an irada, ya Rabb, a niyat, ya Rabb, and a wish and desire, ya Rabb, that in the future I want to be true to you, true to Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, true to everyone in my life. I want to be true to myself. From now on, I want to live my entire life entirely pleasing to you. I want to entirely follow the sunnah of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and ya Rabb, I want to purify my heart entirely. Ya Rabb, to make myself firm on this intention. I make a commitment there to you, Allah and I make an arrangement I connect my heart to a shaykh and line of Messiah that by practicing their teachings sitting in their gatherings practicing the zikr I hope Ya Rabb that my heart will become true and my heart will truly become full of love for you before we close in a few moments in short time the zikr of the heart 
idea that you're going deep in your mountain, in your ruach, to the core, the heart of your ruach, your kalba, and you make me that you want to remember Allah. Allah tells us in the Quran, Fakuruni Azakurkum. You make zikr of me, I will make zikr of you. Ya Rabbi, I make niyat, I want to remember you. And I ask that you send your nur in my heart, your hidayah in my heart, your rahmah in my heart. Purify my heart of its sins, soften my heart towards the deen. Fill my heart with your love, do tazkiyah of my heart, your love. And shukr for this, my kalb is making zikr of your name. My heart is silently reciting, Allah, Allah, Allah. Make us a loyal 
to you, Ya Rabbi Kareem, Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, protect us from falling into sin again, protect us from lying again, protect us from falsehood again, protect us from this nafs, Ya we have this false lying nafs, it has become amara on us, Ya Rabbi Kareem, change it, Ya Rabb, make our nafs amara to nafs to madminna, Ya Rabb, say kun fayakun, it will happen, Ya Rabb, you are ala kulli shayin kadeer, it is easy for you, Ya Rabb, direct your kudrat on this nafs, and make it into nafs madminna, Ya Allah, make us obedient to you, loyal to you, make us rousy with deen, Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that if there's anything in us, and anything in our personality, anything in our lifestyle, anything in our temperament, anything in our habits, that is even slightly displeasing to you. We want to change it, Ya Rabb. Help us, Ya Rabb. Guide us, Ya Rabb. Make us according to your raza. Make us according to your pleasure, Ya Rabbi Kareem. And those of us who are seeking on this path of zikr, who have joined this path of zikr, make us firm on it, Ya Rabb. Let us benefit from our Rabb. Let the zikr penetrate to our heart. Ya Rabb, we don't want the form of zikr only. We want the feelings of zikr. We want the haqiqat of zikr. We want the reality of zikr. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you send your special and all of the people in this masjid, and all of this community, that it became each and everyone sat here on this night, hoping that they would hear something that would connect them to you, hear something that would make them closer to you. Allah, honor their hope, Ya Rabb. Be true to their hope, Ya Rabb. You said in Hadith, the good treat them according to their good hopes from you, before we rise from this place and return to our home. Make us from your sadiqeen, mu'mineen. Make us from your sadiqeen, Mu'mineen, make us from your zakirin, Mu'mineen, make us from the muttaqin, Mu'mineen. Yet the beginning, you said all these words in Quran. It is our heart's desire, Ya Rabb, that we too become amongst its people. Yet the beginning, decree it for us. Make it in our nasib, make it in our takdeer. Yet the beginning, we make dua for all of the ummah, Ya Rabb. Send your rahmah on the ummah, your hadai on the ummah. Make us an ummah of sidq again. Make us an ummah of salihin again. Yet the beginning, get us the sidq of the sahaba. The Sidq of the Siddiqeen, get us the Sidq of Siddiqe Akbar, Ya Rabba, they will make us the true followers of their legacy. In a beginning, bequeath us their spiritual legacy. Ya Allah, in a beginning, we have to ease those who are in difficulty, remove those who are in worry, give happiness where there is sorrow, give joy where there is grief, give health where there is sickness, give wealth where there is poverty. In a beginning, and those of us who already have so many of your bounties and blessings, we have only our own laziness to blame. Remove that laziness, Ya Rabb. Those who are wealthy, help us to help the poor. Help the wealth remove the poverty of the poor. Help those with knowledge remove the ignorance of those who lack it. Ya Rabbi Kareem, guide us, Ya Rabb. Help us to make the true connections truly for your sake and in your name. Ya Rabbi, ask that you grant all of their heartfelt du'as, all of their pious wishes, all of their secret pleas, all of their silent tobas, except their du'as on this night, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Make this masjid a shining light of the Qur'an, Sunnah, and Sharia. Make it a center of sukoon, center of nur, center of ilm, center of zikr, center of dawah, center of deen, ya Rabbi Kareem. Send your rahmat, karam, and fadl on us, ya Rabb. Rabbana takabbal minna innaka anta sameel alim. Wa tumbu alayna innaka anta tawab al-raheem. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala hadirihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Bilan hataka ya Allah, Rabbi Kareem.